Episode 4 on marriage. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. We stopped last time talking about men. Love your wives as much as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Then in verse 27 or 26, why did he love him? Why did Christ give himself to the church? So that he could sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He set apart people that came to him that form what we call the bride of Christ. And then men ought to love their wives as much as they love their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. I think about the verse, um, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. As is the key word in that little verse because it's a comparison. And here we see men that really love their wives love themselves. And they love their wife and they set her aside for himself. You know, Sam took good care of me for himself. Because in so doing, he benefited because I could function in the role for which I had in our marriage. And then verse 29 said, No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, even as the Lord loved and cherished the church. Skip down to verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and the two of them should become one. Guess where that verse came from? right out of the book of Genesis. So let me just remind you again that marriage was the first institution created by God and it's the foundational institution for nations. When marriages fall apart, homes are destroyed, children's lives are are in turmoil, and a nation will crumble. Now I'd like us to, to go to... First Peter, chapter 3. And here we are told that wives, in verse 1, should be in subjection to your own husband. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. I've seen many women that become Christians and the, the husbands are not believers. And they just badger them. I know Stuart Briscoe or someone said, Every time he went to the bathroom, there was a new set of tracks in there for him to read. His wife just kept putting things. And here we find Peter says, if you're in subjection to your husband and you love him, you will, he can be one without the conversation of the wife. While the man beholds your chaste conversation or behavior coupled with fear. And the word fear isn't afraid, it means reverential respect. When God begins to change the heart of a woman, the love for her husband should grow with great intensity. And she should, she should revere him as the head of the house and honor him. And then it goes on in Peter to say, adorning, let it not be outward 
of plaiting your hair and wearing gold and putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. If a woman has a quiet and gentle spirit, this doesn't mean that you're ever run over or abused in any sort of way. When you're a loving, gentle, quiet spirit, you're very, very strong. And I know that when I became a believer and understood how to let the Lord control my life, I had a strength I'd never known before. But it wasn't used to fight and quarrel against Sam. It was used to work with him and cooperate with him and help him in any way that I saw fit. Once again, I don't want to infer that we had this perfect marriage with no problems, no blemishes. That's not human, and I'm not here to say that. But I am here to stress to you that God has rules of engagement, rules for us to follow, to work, to become one flesh. And then he uses Sarah and Abraham as an illustration. Um, Sarah obeyed Abraham, and she called him Lord. In verse 7 in First Peter chapter 3, You husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of God, that your prayers be not hindered. Oh, my goodness. I'll bet you don't hear that verse taught very often. Let's go over it again. Husbands, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Learn what you to do as a husband. Learn how you should be as their mate. Take responsibility for your behavior. Quit being a victim. Quit blaming your wife when things go wrong. Giving honor unto the wife as the weakest vessel. Oh, my goodness. What do you think the women's lib would do with that verse? They would cut it out of the Bible. But I'll tell you, we women are weaker than men because God created us that way. When we had terrible trials and tribulations in our life, I would literally fall apart. I would cry and wring my hands and say, oh, what are we going to do? I remember one time in 08 when the stock market crashed and we lost for the second time all of our retirement, all the money we had saved and worked for. And we were in our 70s. And when Sam told me that we'd lost it, it just went away. I just started wringing my hands and saying, oh, Sam, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And in his quiet, gentle manner, he just looked at me. He said, we're going to do what we've always done. And then me, blast out at him, then what is that? And he said, in his calm way, we're going to trust the Lord. He's taken care of us all this, these years. He will not stop now. And I sit here in my house. In, 20, in 2019, 
11 years later, I have no debt. I have a wonderful, comfortable house in a great neighborhood. I don't owe anybody anything. And God has abundantly taken care of us as a couple and me as a widow without him. But the shocking thing about this verse that all you men better listen to, it says, your prayers will be hindered by the way you treat your wife. Beware, men. This may only be in the Bible one time, but God doesn't have to say it more than once to mean it. So take stock of your attitude, men, toward your wife. Take stock of your attitude, ladies, toward your husband. And meet the, the requirements that God gives of us to leave our parents, to cleave to each other, and to work to become one flesh. And there are only three areas in a marriage. Every part of life will fit under one of these three. There's home and family, there's finances, and there's social life. And women usually are better at managing the home than men, not always. But Sam didn't know how to go shop for clothes and groceries and plan meals. I took care of the house, and I took care of it in a manner that would be pleasing to him. I don't even like to balance a checkbook. I hate finances. I just love money because I like to spend it. But I never wanted to attempt to manage the financial part of our marriage. And I was more than happy for him to do it. I didn't pay enough attention to it. He gave me a check twice a month. That was money we had agreed on that I would be responsible for. And I used it to care for the children. I used it to care for the house. I used it for whatever we needed in our family. And then the social life. Nobody ever calls and asks Sam if we could come to dinner. If he answered the phone, they would say, could they speak to me? And then they would say, can you come over? Or can you go out to dinner with us? Or let's go to a movie. And so I managed the social life. I had to learn what he liked to do and where he liked to go. And I'm not gonna agree to go someplace that I know he's miserable and hates. And so I take charge of that. But we worked together. We didn't always work together. Please hear me. We had to learn what I'm teaching on this podcast. It changed our life. And I'm happy to say, when he died, we had spent many glorious years together because of the information that I've shared with you in these four episodes. Take it to heart. Marriage is either the most miserable relationship on earth or the most glorious. My heart's desire is for those of you that listen to have a glorious marriage. Thank you for listening. Share it with your friends and God bless you.